0: Welcome back to the Technology and Worship podcast, where we talk everything technology in worship. And by we, I mean myself, Eric Coleman, and my good buddy, Benji Satorius. Benji. Eric. It's been a minute. It's been a couple minutes. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I do feel like we probably need to address the sporadicness of this podcast throughout the summer, especially because
1: coming into summer here
0: yeah there's just a lot going on so we apologize but we do look forward to this podcast which everyone listening
1: probably also is starting to like get really busy for summer with camps and vacations and all that stuff and so are we so and throughout
0: the summer we'll have a lot of big things to talk about you've got your big day camp Yes, that's coming Um, up in June. We're doing a whole outdoor service, bringing in a band and that whole kind of thing. Oh, you guys are bringing in a band. We're bringing in a band. It's a whole weekend thing. Got it. So Friday is a band concert indoors.
1: I don't want to spoil the rest. Okay, we'll talk about it once it happens. Yeah. (laughs) We'll probably also be doing an outdoor service because we did that last year. Yeah. So they're fun, except I we'll just know
0: that we're gonna have like a giant tent. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of extra work.
1: <laughs> but it's also really fun.
0: It's so much fun. So um I feel like something big happened at Harvest since we last spoke too, but Kane already came through and we talked about that. Yep. No? I guess nothing? it's been kind of chill wow. since then. Yeah, it's been pretty <laughs> nice actually. <laughs>
1: That's very unlike you, slash harvest.
0: Yeah, we are usually very busy with something, and there's still a lot going on. Yep, but
1: nothing production-wise. Like production. Also,
0: I'm at a place where there's a lot of great volunteer help for all the extra, nice. curricular events. Nice. So I don't have to like be there as much.
1: That's always nice.
0: A lot more people, yeah, have. Stepped up. It's awesome.
1: Yep. So today, we got some cool things to talk about. Yes, today. We are talking about how to store things, where to store things, how to organize things, and all the above. We've talked about it
0: before, but we do believe that when you are organized and your leadership recognizes that you're organized and take good care of your things then you're more likely to have the relational capital when
1: times come to replace said things. It does help. So uh, let's first talk on like computer storage and file storage and organization and things like that. How do you stay organized? Where do you save your stuff? Let's talk... um, maybe video editing type stuff. You shoot a video. How do you move those files around? What do you do with the files when you're done with them? That type of thing.
0: So at Harvest, I'm filming our announcement videos, various recap videos, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Podcast videos, uh, which is basically, you know, snip the end, snip the beginning and call it a day. So, when those files are exported on my computer, well, I guess they're not always exported, but... Well, they are, but what I'm trying to say is that even the, like, raw files, I like to save as much as possible. So, when it comes to, like, our announcement videos, I save
1: the whole recording. Mm -hmm. Even, like... Weeks or months down the line, like you still have all those raw I files. I still have all Got those it. raw okay. files
0: right now. Yep. I will probably never touch them.
1: Yep. Um, and so those, so when you record onto you, what do you record onto? Is it an SD card, CFast card? What is it? It's uh. So we record on a
0: Sony A7 III, and that records onto an SD card. Okay. So I take the SD card out of the camera, plop it onto my computer. Yep. Copy the files from the SD card to my my external hard drive. Okay. And then I edit off of the external hard drive. Yep. Once the file is completed slash exported, I don't save it. I don't save that file on the external drive. I upload that to our OneDrive Cloud storage. And you're
1: talking about the final the video final or whatever. Video. Yep. Okay.
0: So that goes to the cloud. It goes to the cloud. Yep. And then I pull that
1: down from the cloud on ProPresenter to play it. So back. you save it locally on the computer hard drive of ProPresenter? Or is that onto an external or?
0: At the point that I'm pulling it down, I save it locally for the use that we have and then delete it. Got it. Okay. But then it's in the cloud, yep. it's still there.
1: As far as the raw files, The raw files... You're done with those now. Then what? I'm done with those. They
0: still, for the time being, have remained on my external drive. I don't upload those to the cloud as often. Got it. Um, Every once in a while, if it's like a big recap shoot or something like that, I don't want to lose the files. I want to be able to make an edit later on. And I know I'm going to make a different edit, like say... It's a different date the next year it comes around or something, but we want to add a different date. That way I have the original files to reference if we need to make something different for a very similar
1: event. Do you know off the top of your head, how big is your external hard drive?
0: My external hard drive is one terabyte.
1: So when the time comes and you run out of space because now you're storing those raw files onto a one terabyte one terabyte hard drive, what are you doing with those raw files? Deleting them. So then you don't really actually have them forever.
0: The, uh, sorry, that's for the announcement videos. The, ra- the raw file. for Yeah, for the announcement videos. You won't keep those forever. Right. Got it. I don't, I don't want to get rid of them like week to week because I don't yeah. know if we'll need to read them. But eventually it.
1: whenever you need space, you'll get rid of like the oldest ones or yeah, something like that. Yeah, w- I mean...
0: I've never gone back to do anything with those right? other than if I wanted to somehow make a blooper reel or something yep. over time. I don't know. We don't really do that though. Yep. So.
1: Okay. And then do you have, how do you organize your files on that external or do you, do you just plop them in your external and go with it? I do not
0: plop them on the external. The external is full of other types of files as well. So it's not just announcement videos on this external drive. So I have it categorized into three, no, two, just two different categories from the beginning. I have a production folder and a content folder. Got it. So the content folder is more of the video stuff, like creating announcement videos, recap videos,
1: graphics maybe graphics for those. Yep.
0: Or um, sermon. We call them sermon snippets, the like Instagram reel kind of Got thing. Got it. Yep. So that goes in the content folder. And within the content folder, I label everything. I'm a year, month, day person. Uh huh. And then I also categorize it by year. So the first folder you would get into is actually more of a category like 2023. Yep. Sermon videos. And then, and then year, month, day. In that folder, it's year, month, day. Yep. Got it. Same with snippets, it would be 2023 04 30. Sermon snippet.
1: Yep. One. Yep. Got it. So you don't really save video file. I guess we're talking a lot of video file type stuff, but you don't save those on your local hard drive most of the time. It's most a, it's of the time. It's usually I don't, your external.
0: Yeah. Most of the time, it's usually my external. I mean, there's occasions where I'll end up not being organized, you could say, and I would just <laughs> if I know it's like a quick edit. Yep. And I. I know I'm not gonna need it like something quick for social media or something. And I'm basically just say, you know what? I don't care about this system that I set up. <laughs> and then I add it on my internal. Nice. But it's usually for something that's thirty seconds yep. filmed with an iPhone. Yep. And just just kinda like get it out there, get it going, and then whenever I have time I delete it
1: and yep. it's not a big deal. So we're we're pretty similar here at Mission. So we record onto CFAST cards. That's what the Blackmagic cameras use, and we have a little adapter that plugs into our computer. And depending on the project, kind of depends on where the files go. So if we're actively editing, like an announcement file or uh, announcement video, uh, we have a whole bunch of the Samsung T5 one terabyte hard drives, like a bunch of them. And we've got some other larger hard drives as well, but most of the time we work off of those. So we'll take it off the CFast card, dump it onto the ter- uh, T5 and we edit from there. Every so often we, we actually just edit straight from the CFast card as well, depending on if it's something small, if it's easy that type of thing. We'll edit it straight off the CFast card and then we're done with it. Export the file and we're done. And delete
0: the files.
1: Yeah, we don't really keep anything just like you guys. We don't really keep, as far as announcement files, the raw files, uh, we do have a ton of like bloopers and uh, promo type videos. Those we store on Google Drive so, you've heard us talk before. We are very big in the Google Drive cloud yeah, I feel storage like we system. We need
0: t shirts, and yours is like Google Drive and mine's OneDrive.
1: <laughs> and then we need to have the whole like
0: the old school Mac versus PC yes, ads. Yes, like the commercials. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny. We could do something like that.
1: Spoof. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. So, just like you guys, when we export a video, We export that video uh, onto Google Drive, so it goes into the cloud. Uh, One step that we don't typically do, though, that you guys do, we don't actually pull that file from the cloud and save it locally on the computer. We offline use the folder that we save those files in, which technically is saving it on the the computer. But if Google Drive was not open, we wouldn't have that file so it's it technically is on the computer it's really not it's weird but so we offline use those specific folders within google drive on our ProPresenter computers and we just play them directly off of there so even like our pre-loop slides anything like that sermon slides all get saved into google drive we save those folders for offline use. We don't drag anything onto th- onto the computer, and we play them directly from Google Drive. We also have all of our motion backgrounds saved in the cloud as well. So, and again, saved offline use. It just makes, in my opinion, th- uh, the computer just to be more organized. You don't, you always don't know where files are always saved on the computer if you start. You know, sometimes you might save stuff on the desktop. Sometimes it might be in the documents folder. Sometimes it might be some other folder. Uh, So for us, we don't save anything on the computer. It's just in Google Drive. And specific folders are set to offline use. Other files, we can offline use those specific files if we don't want the whole folder. And then when we're done using it, we offline use them and... They're back in the cloud, basically. Or online use them, I guess you could say. So that's uh, typically what we do. What we do have a folder in Drive that's called Video Archive. So com- completed videos, some raw videos, stuff like that gets dumped into there. We're like, I don't remember. Like, I think the last time I looked, we were like 12 or 13 terabytes of storage on our Google Drive. However... We are in the early stages of discussing a NAS instead of Google Drive. In entirety? Um, No, kind of like a hybrid half and half system. So basically for the cases like if Google Drive does crash, we would still have these files. And even editing, video editing... Uh, we don't. We're not limited to one hard, one external hard drive, or you know, two external hard drives, at whatever size they are. We'll, we just would edit off the NAS as well. So um, a lot of that's because we don't record anything less than 4K at this point, and even some, a lot of, actually, some of our videos are actually we film in 6K, and those files are quite large. And then you throw in like a multi-cam shoot and it's like a one terabyte hard drive isn't even close to holding everything. So we've been to- toying with the idea of doing a NAS, looking at a QNAP system. That would be a, uh, basically what our Google Drive is using now for saving files and playback of files We'll still use Google Drive for like a a very far down the line uh, backup system. So we'll set it up where the NAS. The NAS is your playback. Yeah. Yep. And it it will hold like backups of stuff. But then we'll set the NAS to also backup to Google Drive. So if the NAS were to fail, it can still uh, be access. Files could still be accessed from Google Drive. That'd be pretty cool. We've also toyed with that idea because we don't really want to give everyone access to the NAS. So, and even staff-wise, it it mostly will be like a production-only NAS instead of a staff-wide system. So we would open the doors for files to be saved from other staff members to Google, and then Google will sync it to the NAS if we needed it to. Or if we save a file to the NAS, it will upload and go to Google Drive for any other staff member. So in this way, we can edit files on the NAS, uh, video files. We can't really edit if the files live in Google Drive unless they're saved offline, which then kind of defeats the purpose of trying to clear off your hard drive and stuff like that because it saves it on the computer. So this gives us the opportunity to have large files and still be able to edit And it will talk to Google Google Drive as like a a next backup system. So uh, we haven't purchased it all yet. I've got it all saved into a cart and I'm ready to pull the trigger on it. But we're still trying to decide if that's exactly where we want to go. But as far as our like naming structure and stuff like that, we're very similar. So we do the uh, year and then within that folder, we go by month. And then we do the year, month, day naming structure. So if that makes sense. So we'll have 2023. We'll have 12 folders, one of each month within that. And then those files within those respected folders. When you think about it, it's like it takes a lot of clicks to actually get to a file. But organized. it's super organized because depending on what you're talking about or what you're trying to find, and depending on what the specific thing is, like if you're talking about like a weekend service video of something, you go into a folder, chances are there's only four, maybe five, if there are five weekends that month, files to actually look in. So it makes it really easy to find something.
0: Under my, so basically the way I do it too is I have a dedicated archives folder yep. on my OneDrive which are pretty much things that I know I won't really need to touch or right. just need to go back yep. and get something. So I do, it is just a general archives folder That, but then within that it's man, this goes all the way back to 2009 archives um, but the more recent ones are more
1: accurate. Yeah, I'm actually I'm clearing off a hard drive right now which is a, I think we looked at it the other day. I think it's a it's a six or eight terabyte hard drive external, and it it used to be where all of our services and sermon podcasts lived. Oh, wow. Not quite like a long time ago, but a long time ago. So I'm trying to offline or offload all of those into Google Drive right now. Right now it's syncing like a hundred and Seventy gigabytes before I move more files over. So that's the other problem with Google Drive. Is uh, we love it, obviously, it works great. We save everything on it, but when you're saving large files, one, it actually takes up that whatever that file size is. Locally, it, it takes up locally in order to upload. Which technically, if that file is already on your computer it's actually saving that file twice on your computer. Then once it actually gets synced and it's in the cloud, then it takes it back off. So if you have a file that is 100 gigs, let's just say a video file that's 100 gigs on your desktop and you save that to Google Drive, it actually does another 100 gigs off of your local hard drive in order to upload it, then it will take it off. So you have to have that much free space on your computer in order to offline or upload stuff to Google Drive, which kind of sucks, and that's actually using the like the app that's built within uh, the computer. Uh, there's the web version. I have found that it's not as fast, and if it airs out, like if you turn your computer off, you lose internet. Like it's done. You have to resync it if you close Google Chrome or Safari, whatever web browser you use it will lose it. Or at least the app will run in the background, but it takes uh, local storage to upload stuff. And it can take a long time to upload, especially if like right now it's been going like a day and a half to do 160 gigs. So my, my reason, part of my reasoning with the NAS is I can offload stuff to the NAS and it can just take however much time it needs on the NAS to upload to Google Drive doesn't need my computer at that point and then it's done.
0: The only downside is don't you need to be connected to the local internet here to work off of that NAS?
1: Uh technically yes, however we have a VPN that would put it back onto our computer. Now, we couldn't like edit a video, like a 4K video remote, but if I needed to access like I don't know a word document or something like that, or a picture. I could VPN in, and it's as if I'm here. I could upload stuff or download stuff from the NAS. But also, again, because I'm going to set it up where it directly talks to Google Drive, so all those files will still be in Google Drive. We're just not; we wouldn't just actively be working off Google Drive anymore.
0: Did I ever update you that my VPN works again? And it's no, in, it's incredible. VPNs are amazing. Yeah. For a long time, I had, I had it set up, but then I updated my computer and then it didn't
1: work on my computer anymore mm. for a long time. So for those of you that don't quite know what a VPN is, it's a... Um, Virtual private network. Yep. It's a, it's a way of basically connecting to your network of, let's just say, church without your computer being in the building. So if you were at home, you would connect to the VPN and you could access the computers or if you had a NAS or you could print remotely, things like that. So anything that you could do while you're in the building, you could do remotely. Uh, Our biggest thing that we use it for is our remote desktop. So we can, uh, since we're all on Mac here, we just screen share. So... Uh, other apps there's chrome remote desktop and TeamViewer, and there's a whole bunch of them but vpn virtually is free because uh, it lives on your firewall and network within your building so i just connect to the vpn type in the ip address of whatever computer i want to connect into and i see my desktop so same concept with my nas i can type in the ip of the nas and it will save it on my oh well, it'll show up on my desktop and then it's as if I'm here. So... It's pretty great. It's amazing. We had TeamViewer for a while and then they kicked us off because it's really expensive and I didn't want to pay. I paid for one year and I'm like, this is really expensive. And so, we ended up setting up the t- the uh, VPN for that. Our portable campus, we actually use Chrome Remote Desktop because it's in a school so I don't have a VPN access to that building. But that cart stays in a storage room in the school that I have an extension cord plugged into an outlet. And so once we're done, we roll that cart into a storage room, plug it in. The computer is set to just automatically turn on once it gets power back, basically. And there's no monitor connected to it, but it doesn't need a monitor. I just remote desktop in and I can work on that computer remotely. So... That's a, smart. Yes, we're not here until to talk they,
0: until they change their Wi-Fi or something. Well,
1: we have our own Wi-Fi there, so oh, they set us up with her own Wi-Fi. Oh, that's cool. The school's great. Yeah, partnerships with schools are great. All right, let's talk about uh, organizing. Uh, like your backstage, and unless you had anything else but files. No, I think that covers files okay. pretty good. So let's talk about like backstage and cables and microphones and that whole thing's shenanigans. Well, first of all,
0: cabling can be a nightmare. Yes. So if you are not wrapping your cables properly
1: using the over... You say wrap. properly. Yeah. Not like hand to elbow, like el- uh, Not proper. Electri- electrician wrap? Not proper.
0: Okay. You must wrap your cables over and under. Over and under. Yes. I can't describe how to do that other than <laughs> saying... And
1: it's actually really hard to show someone as well. It is. <laughs> over and under. And I'm also left-handed, which makes it basically impossible for to me show to show people. anybody unless you're left-handed.
0: It makes such a big difference. Huge. Also using Velcro yep. cable ties at the end of the cable to kind of keep every cable in and of itself contained. Yep. Cannot highly stress how important that is. The last thing you want to be doing is getting... Eighteen knots out of a twenty foot cable <laughs> just to get a guitar up and running, you know, that you weren't prepared for.
1: Yes how do you i I totally agree. you have to wrap your cable. It doesn't matter how you store them because there's a lot of different ways, and we're going to talk about that right now, a lot of different ways to store cables. Uh, but if you're not wrapping them and wrapping them properly. It doesn't really matter any of these ways that we're going to discuss, they won't be effective at all. Correct. So at Harvest, how do you guys store your cables? Once they're wrapped, they're properly wrapped, how do you store them or we, where?
0: Yeah. So we have a mobile, it's on wheels. It's like a cart with these like little antenna things. Um, that's how I'm going to describe it. <laughs> but <laughs> it doesn't look that weird. <laughs> Little antenna things. Um, but basically, like mic stands can go on the flat surface of the bottom cart uh, of the cart. Uh-huh. And then up top, there's like little sprouts. Maybe little, little, little sprouts, sprouts or the, like, like branches. Like pegs. Pegs. Or poles. Yeah. And there's <laughs> like 10 of them on each side of kay. the cart. So I've put a label on the end of each peg. Yep. So one of the label types is like data. So the type of cable. Type of cable. Okay. XLR quarter inch. Okay. Speaker cable.
1: And then and then I have seen this cart but I it was in the dark when I saw it yeah. and I've only seen it once. Do you have the length of cable as well or no? I don't Not remember. Not
0: labeled on the cart pegs at okay. the moment. But most of the cables do have their own label on the cable itself that says like, XLR25. Got it, indicating it's an XLR cord. Yep, 25 feet. Got it. OK. And they're
1: all wrapped with velcro ties.: with Velcro
0: ties over under when you know things are
1: put back yep. properly. How uh, do you think that system works really well? I think
0: it could be better. Okay. I do think it works well. Yep. Um, in the sense of if I need to tell a volunteer to go find a cable and they might not know what it is, I can say go to the weird antenna rack. Yep. (laughs) The one with the sprouts
1: on it. (laughs) The one with the sprouts.
0: (laughs) And get an XLR cable. Look for the label on the end peg. And bring that to me. It needs to be relatively. 15 feet long.
1: Relatively 15.
0: So if you find a cable that says it's 15 feet, bring that, that. That's the one. That's the ideal one. But yep. if you bring one that's 20 feet, that's fine. It will work. But don't bring no three foot cable to me.
1: Uh, you said it works pretty well or there's room for improvement. How would you improve that, that specific system? Because I have seen a lot of people, not necessarily on like a mobile cart like yours, but they have like, the pegs on a wall and they wrap, they hang them basically the exact same way, just it's on a wall versus you're uh, on a mobile cart or whatever.
0: Um, I would probably, I need to, and I can do this this summer with a little bit, there's a little bit more flex in the schedule, I would say. Just take every cable off and kind of re wrap the cart, mm-hmm. which I'd do. Once every... I would say I do do that once every year. Got it. Just because over time, even though it is usually relatively pretty It doesn't good, matter
1: how good anything is. It's it, just like, it needs updating or upkeeping a little bit. Yeah. So
0: take everything off. The last time I did that, I did not have a label maker with me. So I did not go through the effort of actually measuring every cable that's on the cart Yep. to make sure... Oh, this is a 25 foot cable. Make sure it has the label of how long it is. Therefore, then the cart is not just labeled by like type, but it would be labeled by 25 foot, the length foot or whatever length. Yep. That being said, we have been using our cable looms that we made, and a lot of those cables on that cart never get touched.
1: Right. Yep.
0: <laughs> They're mostly for. Special events, special events, or and you need occasions. more cables for
1: something, so it's kind of yeah. like,
0: uh, is it worth the effort, kind of thing, right? But it is, yep. I know it is, but at the same time, right now, it's just been a we store things on it when right. we have a concert or whatever. But the looms themselves, I just keep it with the instrument, like so. When we need to take everything off stage for a concert. I keep the loom with the guitar stand yep. or with the keyboard. And then when we roll it out, it's it has what it needs. Right. Outside of one of those cables going bad at some point.
1: Yep. So, we use bins to st- store all of our stuff. Yeah,
0: I hear I hear bins are a, th- are a thing.
1: Yeah, so, we go by cable type and cable length but it's more like a, a cable length range for our bins. Okay. So we have a, a tall upright cabinet. It's got doors. We shut them when we're done grabbing cables. And obviously it's open when we uh, need cables. We can pull the whole bin out if we're hooking up a, a lot of stuff of the same thing. We can pull the whole bin out and take it to like a specific spot on stage. Um, but we go by like, so it'd be XLR, 5 to 15 foot or 5 to 10 feet and then it would be uh, 11 to 19 feet or something like that and then 25 foot plus or something like that. Uh, it's so we definitely
0: do- an interesting, well, I'm just going to chime yeah. in, I'm sorry. It's definitely interesting that you say that and make 11 makes me think funny things because <laughs> even though you order a 25 foot cable, sometimes it comes in at like 26 feet. It's true. So I still label that one 25 foot. <laughs> Ooh, what if you need a twenty-six foot cable? Uh, no. It wouldn't be long enough. Uh, that's <laughs> 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 to me. That's where it's like, all right, this is a little ridiculous.
1: Well, here's the it thing. Wasn't exactly. Now, XLR. We've talked about this before with actually like cabling and stuff like that. I don't make my own XLR cables, but I do make a lot of my own cables. So they are very specific sizes on some cables. So. And I don't know the range off the top of my head. I was just kind of just, that's just a, no, a generic range. No, I just of that little. Um, but then like, that's the whole top shelf is just, just XLR top shelf, three bins worth. Next bit or next shelf is uh instrument cables, short, whatever range is. And then a medium sized range. We don't have very long instrument cables. We don't need it. So, um, and then we have a lighting bin. We have a computer bin, which has like, mice usb USB extension cables and hdmi cables and things like that and then we've got a video bin that's got like hdmi to sdi adapters and converters and sdi cables just shorter like little patch cable type stuff different lenses for our marshall cameras tripod mounts things like that Uh, let's see we have a speak on one was just random speak-on cables for speakers. I say network. We have a network one with, you know, a couple network switches, cables. Those aren't quite as organized by, like, length of cable and spread Smart over multiple bins. It's, yeah, after, after XLR and uh, instrument cables, after that, it's more just, like, general-use stuff. And, but... It works really well. We hook up new lights. I can grab the whole lighting bin. It's got power con cables in it. It's got DMX cables in it of whatever length. And we can take that out to stage and just pull everything from there and it's it's good to go. We're very similar with our XLR cables. I do have labels on most of them of how long they are. So we know like to put it back in, you know, this bin if it's a eight foot cable. If it's an eleven foot cable. It's labeled 11 feet oh, no. <laughs> and it goes in the next bin over or whatever. So I think, I think the bins work really well as far as a, uh, something I would improve. I probably would break out like my video bin or my computer, like some of those generic or general bins. I'd break them out maybe a little bit more. Because over time they can start to just build up with random stuff that we may or may not use anymore, but we used it at one time and it's a video piece of something and I just throw it in that bin.
0: Are all those cables within the, I'm specifically thinking this USB computer bin, are all of those cable wrapped or?
1: They are.
0: Is that like a tangled web?
1: Uh, it depends. Like it is a tangled web on some of the cables because some of the stuff is just hard to wrap up, which, uh, for example, like I have a USB headset for our com, like an extra one in there. Like those types of things are kind of like, those just grab cables because it's a headset. Like, you know, it's shaped like a U to go over your head. So you pull one out and it might be You're in the- scoop and everything else. It might scoop other, other things out. Some of, I believe like USB, like just straight USB extension cables, those are usually wrapped up not with a cable tie, but just like wrapped up in a, you know, a three inch circle and kind of tied off on it on itself. Um, But yeah, those can be a tangled mess that way. But it also keeps everything that's, let's just say, computer related all together. So, and these bins aren't super big. It's, they're like, I don't know, a 12 inch by... 15-inch and 9-inches high, maybe. Are they clear? They are clear. And then on the front of each bin has the label of XLR 5 to 10 feet or whatever. So, and, or video or computer. So, it's pretty easy to say, hey, I need an HDMI cable. Go to the computer bin or the video bin and and grab me one. But I could see myself wanting to break up some of those general bins a little bit more. Fair. Just to keep the the tangled mess a little bit less. Some of those bins are starting to overflow, but it works really well for us. For up until that, I don't remember what we did before that. Oh, yes, I do. We had a cabinet that was a a pegboard that had just standard like tool hooks to hang like screwdrivers or pliers on. And we had cables uh, on there. They were not labeled, they were not hook specific. Per se, everything was wrapped with a you know the proper wrap with a velcro st- strip, but there was not like oh this hook is an XLR fifteen foot. So, but it worked really well. I just wanted to get rid of that and clean up some clutter. So we went. Where with the would bins. a DI box be found then?
0: Would that be in the quarter inch box kind of thing?
1: No. So, I was I was getting there next with like microphones and stuff. Sorry. So at, oh, I know where it would be. At Mission, we have a Milwaukee tool cart, which is a game changer. Changer game. It's amazing. We've had this for a very long time, probably at least five, maybe six years now. Big red Milwaukee tool carts, got power on the side, and we have all of our Uh, So we run Shure QLX microphones for the most part. And we have the charging bays for those. Those sit just on the top of the cart, plugged into the cart for power. And we've got those mics just on the charger, ready to go in your monitors. Same thing, the PSM 300s, 900s, they all go in those charging bays. So they're all charged and ready to go. The big, long top drawer has all of our other wireless microphones that are not rechargeable, which is like, I don't know, another like 10 more microphones or something like that, along with the body pack parts of all the mics. And then the next drawer down is wired microphones. So all of our SM57s, 58s, whatever, all, all of our wired microphones. Then we've got a battery drawer, which we don't really use too often anymore because we're almost, well, normal weekend service, everything's rechargeable with the Sure mics. So we don't use nine volts or anything like that anymore unless it was like an Easter or a Christmas production where we have more microphones.
0: Or someone bringing in their own guitar or something and they need a nine
1: volt. Yeah. So we've got some batteries. That drawer is not quite as important as it used to be now that we have phased out a lot of our battery regular battery-operated mics. Um, but it's still a, still a drawer for batteries. Uh, then we've got uh, DIs. Funny you should ask. So I did ask. All of our uh, direct boxes are in another drawer. So labeled direct boxes. So we've got um, direct boxes in there. We've got a, a radial, I forgot what it is, like the amp extender, extender. thingy, whatever that is, the SGI or something like that. Um, So other random uh, DIs and boxes like that in there. Uh, Another drawer is all of our headset mics, which are organized in Ziploc bags, which work amazing. Because just like you were talking about how tangled is like the computer bin with a headset, doesn't matter how well you wrap the cable, you've got this thing that has hooks on it as in what goes over the ear and that's always going to grab and hook onto something. So we have all of those microphones and I say all of them because we do have a lot of them. We have, I don't know, probably like 15 or maybe close to 20 of those headset mics. So I can't do it by just, you know, throwing them in the drawer because we have a lot. So we just have just regular like sandwich bag type Ziploc bags and we wrap up the cables, shove the mic in there, keep the air in a little bit so it doesn't crush the microphone in case something mm. falls on it., mm-hmm. uh, yeah, see, and it works great so but yeah that that mic, and we call Admit that the cart. we call it the mic cart home base so you need a mic, you go to the red mic cart in the back, and it's got all of our everything that you need uh for a microphone there, or d i How do you guys store your mics? Uh,
0: so we have a pretty dedicated green room for our worship team. So that's where we've put our microphones and their Sure charging bays. Oh. The wireless ones live back there. As far as wired mics, we have a U.S. General from Harbor Freight tool cart. Mm. Oh, yeah. U.S. General. Very fancy. <laughs> And where'd you get that idea from? Oh, i uh, probably probably some guy named Benji. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably, but that is, yeah, that lives in our back hallway, actually locked up for the most part. So not everyone has access to that kind of thing. Yep. And that's where we store just extra microphones. Mm, you have me questioning if DI should be located in there now in case those need to be more accessible. hmm I might think that I should put those in our we have a drawer on our monitor board cart. So yep. maybe that would be a better place. That for might those. not be bad. Yep. Including cause that's where I have like the nine volt batteries for them anyway. So right. if they need anyway, side note. But yeah, that cart kind of has all the little trinkets and adapters. That's where I have like USB cables. And those are labeled or those are labeled pencil bins. You know, it's like bins that you give your kids to take to school. I have a bunch of HDMI cables in those. They're like six-foot cords. Nothing fancy long. If it's longer, it's on the other cart. But some little short ones are in this red cart. Um, USB cables, random computer adapters. All of these are in green, clear green
1: pencil bins. Nice. So, I'm just questioning... A little bit here, just so I can clarify. You don't keep your microphones all in the same place. Is that correct? Correct. And you don't keep your cables all in the same place. Is that also correct? Kind of. Okay. I'm just I'm just i cl- yeah. I'm just clarifying. I'm just trying to yeah, make yeah. sure. Cause now like I'm just thinking like You're confused. I'm I'm a little confused. Like, do I Where go do I go, to do I go here to get a microphone or do you do I have to go over here to get a microphone? So I was just I was just clarifying. I would agree. If it works, it works. It does work. If it um, has confusion, then maybe Because it doesn't most work. of
0: the cables that I'm talking about are like more computer accessory cables. Yeah. Which I feel like are pretty specific and aren't accessed by our volunteers often often, if ever. So those this, would only be accessed if we had like a guest speaker and they needed to plug in their computer on stage or something right. like that.
1: Right. Yep. Okay. And
0: now we do a lot of we have an air uh, Apple TV tied in with our Blackmagic system. Yep. So anyone that you really don't need a
1: cable at yeah. this point anymore. Got it. So if you were a vocal, but I
0: understand that having them locked up is probably not a good idea because while I do tell everyone the passcode,
1: if everyone knows the passcode, then what's the, what's the point of the passcode if you tell everyone? Everyone on the team, not everyone <laughs> in the congregation. I'm not blasting it on our it's live not on, stream. It's not on your live stream? Oh, Eric's uh, password to his mic Here's cart. the
0: production code for our computers.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Another way that I've seen people store microphones and in your monitor systems and things like that is with a shoe holder that hangs on a door. So you have like oh, yes. you have like all the I use that at home. For all your microphones at home? No. Um
0: <laughs> for your shoes? No. Oh. I don't use it for shoes either. <laughs> I have <laughs> we're getting personal here, I guess. Uh I use that at home uh, I have one in my bedroom yeah and I have one in my basement which is like my music studio room yeah
1: and I'm so in to hear what you store in it I know <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it's not all that exciting. <laughs> I've got bug spray in my basement one, (laughs) like a bottle of spray bug spray. All right. Um, Anyways. No, no, no. Oh, there's more. No, that's pretty much it downstairs. But upstairs, (laughs) I store like my belts, my hats. Yeah. Some like fancy socks. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Fancy socks. Are in that. But yes, I know exactly what you mean. And I should use that at church. What am I thinking?
1: Yes. So I have seen this. You can label... I think I've actually seen people use dry erase marker on each little uh, spot because then you can erase it. So you can, you know, label someone's name. Like you have Mike one on the top left uh, pocket labeled, you know, Susie or whatever. So Susie has the microphone and her her in-ear pack uh, that she can grab and go. I've seen those work really well. I think one downside to that is if you do have rechargeable mics, those, the mics aren't getting charged when they're in the pockets. So You're talking you,
0: about this kind of thing, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Amazon basic 24 slot something other pocket yep. thing. That's what I have. So they work really well, but I do think you'd have to make sure like, you know, between services or after services when it's, when you're all done, those now have to come out of there and go in the charging bays. So that's one downside. Now, if if they're not rechargeable mics or they're wired mics, that's a great option for for storage and things like that. Uh, We use a system called Micboard uh, that sits, it's a screen that runs on a Raspberry Pi that sits above our mic cabinet and we label on on that um, digitally basically because it's a computer screen who gets which mic, and it's all uh, spaced out correctly for the sure charging base, and it works really well. It shows that the mic is on and battery level and RF signal and all that stuff. So that's how we label, so we know everyone gets the right microphone and things like that. So anything else on microphones? No. No. Okay, let's quickly talk, because we're talking organization a little bit, or uh, labeling, do you, do you label your microphones? So, like, who gets mic one? How do they know?
0: Uh, yeah, they're, they're labeled. Um, I use a fancy method called um, scotch tape, or not scotch tape, masking tape. <laughs> masking tape. Yep. Uh, the microphone itself is not labeled other than the digital display on it has, like, its normal... Like wireless one, wireless two Got label. It. But the charging bay where it goes is labeled saying Jackson's yeah. microphone.
1: Got it. Floyd's microphone. Floyd. I bet Floyd's a good singer. He probably is. Um, so if the, mic w- if the microphone was off, would you know if that was mic one or ten? Or you wouldn't know until you turn it on? I guess you wouldn't know until you turn it on. Got it. Okay. I don't do the color thing. Which color thing? There's a Uh, lot of different versions of color thing. You could do the colored windscreen. The colored windscreen? No. I really hope if... I don't want to offend anyone, but let's get away from colored windscreens, please. They are the most disgustingly ugly distraction thing you can have on stage. Don't do that. Okay.
0: I would consider 3D printing like a colored ring or something. Uh Uh-huh. For the bottom of the mic? Yep. The only problem is,
1: all, uh, most micro, maybe all but microphones, that's the charging ch- thing. Just about every, uh, yeah, every, every microphone changes diameter. So, like, it could slip off if it was on the actual mic part of it. If I
0: had a, I guess my label maker can probably do it. I just need to buy label tape that would be black tape with, like, white text. Hmm. I would feel comfortable labeling the actual mic Mm -hmm. without it being on. But right now, I only have white tape label. Yep. And it it used to be labeled. One of them used to be labeled, but I took that label off. Do
1: you label your monitor board with specific names or do you just use like Wireless Mic 1, Wireless Mic 2, Bass? Monitor
0: board is labeled with specific names because our team is interacting with the app. So... Instead of them knowing, oh, I'm wireless one or whatever. Yep.
1: It's labeled... Susie. Susie. Or Floyd.
0: And... But that being said, front of house, I don't label it by the name. Interesting. Because I guess I'm slightly lazy on that front. <laughs> but you have a fantastic little system with your...
1: Uh, My label Labeling
0: system. system and... I might copy that once we switch over to our Avantes, which is on its yeah, way. nice. Well, kind of on its way. Nice. But with the iLive, it's semi-difficult to do that right now. Yeah. Uh,
1: so those of you that are like, what is Benji's fancy way of doing that? Uh, we have an episode uh, that we talked about not too long ago about Companion. If you haven't heard of Companion, it's a... Everyone needs a buddy. Everyone needs a buddy. It's a system that can basically talk, cross-talk to lots of different devices that live on a network. More specifically, like production equipment. So, we have our CL5 at front of house. We have a Midas M32 for monitors. And then we have the Shure wireless microphone, the QLX uh, microphones. And um, mic board. And mic board, yep. So we have those four devices that we label basically uh, our microphones through Companion. So what I do is I've got buttons set up on Companion where I label who gets which microphone. And then on a stream deck, I push that button and it changes the label for all those devices with a push of one button. Woohoo. So, my CL5 gets labeled, mic board gets labeled, so they know uh, in the back, in the green room, who gets which microphone. The M32 gets labeled, and the microphone receiver also gets labeled as well, because actually that's how mic board gets its label. So, it's pretty slick. Up until then, I was having to walk basically to multiple points of the building to label these devices, and now I just jump on that computer, type out who gets what, go to the stream deck that's on the CL5 at front of house, push the button, and boom, Everywhere. everything gets labeled. We don't label any of our instruments by, by name. Me. We just say bass, acoustic, keys, and then whatever drum type of thing. But our microphones, we do. Um, we do label our actual microphone And all the in your monitor packs. We also. On digital, or you're talking about like labeled tape? Labeled tape. So each of our handhelds has a white label that says one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever. All of our in your packs will say bass, acoustic, vocal one, vocal two, vocal three, vocal four, electric. Uh, Drums and keys are hardwired, so they don't need a pack. To me, sure, I guess technically a black label would be hidden more. I don't know if I've ever seen any of my white labels either in person like from in the room or on camera. So the white label just they either hold over it and they don't do it by like on purpose. They just that's just where they hold. Um, or it's just it's just not big enough where I can see it in person or on video so but that you know if they put their microphone down or they put it somewhere like different charging bay they don't have to turn the mic on to see like what microphone is this they just can look at it and and go and they know exactly what number it is so i think that's all i've got
0: well thanks for listening to the technology and worship podcast this episode was on storage And organization. Be sure to (laughs) follow us on Instagram and we would love to see your storage solutions in your church because we don't have all the answers. Nope. And we think that you guys have some great solutions as
1: well. So please share those with us. Or if you have a question, shoot shoot us a message on Instagram, Technology in Worship Podcast, and we will uh, address those live on an episode. So, yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, Shoot us a message and show us what you guys got. Uh, Until then, we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.